The McElroy brothers are not experts, and their advice should never be followed. Travis insists he's a sexpert, but if there's a degree on his wall, I haven't seen it. Also, this show isn't for kids, which I mention only so the babies out there will know how cool they are for listening. What's up, you cool baby? It's familiar, but not too familiar, but not too And welcome to my brother, my brother, me, an advice show for the modern era. I'm your oldest brother, Justin McElroy. I'm your middlest brother, Travis McElroy. I'm your sweet baby brother and 30 under 30 media luminary, Griffin McElroy. Oh, boys, I'm so excited. Why, Why are you excited? Because it's Avengers Infinity War Watch. Infinity Watch? Let's go with Infinity Watch. Yes. We watched Avengers Infinity War Watch at midnight in Detroit and right after a live show because we felt like we'd fucking earned it. And boy, that was a late one, but I sure enjoyed seeing all the Avengers get back together to fight off the big bad one who was, a, I think, a demon. And it was very late, and I loved seeing Fireman do his oh, stunts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I will say fi- just a, a brief spoiler. I think my favorite thing was watching all those beefy bros hugging. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. I love to see those beefy bros together. You, you saw yeah. beef boys who, uh, to this point, have existed in their own movies, and Stan Lee and his beautiful mind made them all get together and hug mm-hmm. in the same movie. And I oh, said, so good. I said, yes. Yeah, I said yes, too. Griffin and I were, were watching it for the first time in that theater, and we both kept saying yes. At sort of, sort of over and over and over again. Uh, yes, 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 yep. good I, hugs. I think that my favorite moment in the movie, once again, spoilers, is when uh, Star-Lord and Tony Stark just stop what they're doing and make out so yeah, hard. Yeah, they kiss each other really hard on the mouth. and For I like said, a long I, time, and then they stop, and they say, like, now we're forever bros. Yeah, I remember saying yes out loud on that one. Yes. Ant-Man was there. He, people yes. had a lot of buzz talking about how he wasn't, but he was just so very small. Small, he's actually in the entire so movie. <laughs> he, punched the, he punched the space demon so hard that I thought I was going to nut. I lost yeah. it. I said yes like three times in a row. Did you loud. guys, when Space Grimace um, th- stopped the movie and he uh-huh. yelled at our projectionist and called him by name? Yeah. yeah. He said, Derek, stop the movie. And then he sat on a stump that he had recently sawed down himself. Uh-huh. So there's 15 minutes of him sawing this tree down, right? Yes, I remember. And it, and I'm, I'm like seven and a half minutes in thinking, is this hard? And, yeah. <laughs> and it was because he sat down and he ate about seven bananas and it, the <laughs> sequence took about 20 minutes. Yeah. And I, I mean, I it. get it that he's very just the caloric intake it would take to power well, a Titan like him. In, in his defense, he said there's probably an infinity gem in one of these bananas and I'm going to find he, it he the old right. fashioned way. Yeah. And he was right. There it was the uh, tropical gem. Uh, but all your favorites were in this one. Iron Man, Spider-Man, Slink the, Lad. An, uh, the Animaniacs, uh-huh. um, uh, Crash Bandicoot, uh, Mar- Marco Rubio. Yeah. Uh, they all got Rick, together for the Rick one. or Morty, whichever one is the scientist. Yeah, yeah, haven't seen it. But I like, uh, I like the part where they revealed that Stan Lee was actually the world's greatest hero, and he had just been like stepping between dimensions. That that 
was a pretty huge reveal because this whole time you're like, oh, it's nice of them to put in some cameos for old yeah. Stan Lee. But well, then yeah, they're like, it, no, he, actually, he's Shazam. He played felt, Batman in this one. It felt yeah. masturbatory a little bit. He's like, well, this is my movie, so I'm going to save it. And he does. It felt a little yeah. masturbatory, but it might just be that way because he masturbated in one scene. There was that one scene where he masturbated real Right there. Hard. Real good. And also, then he pulled out the book that he was writing the movie in as the movie was happening, and he wrote down, Stanley masturbates, and then he did yeah. it. Uh, do you think, Stanley's an older fella, probably doesn't leave his house much. I know that he's he's... Uh, and he's a nonagenarian, I believe. Um, but they want him to film all this jazz. If it was me, I'd never leave my house. Do you think Stanley has a green screen room in oh, his yeah. home that they just like come and load in like half a school bus yeah. or like a DJ table or oh, an electric chair? If you remember that one. Little known he, fact, Andy Serkis plays Stan Lee in all the Marvel in movies. In a lot of them. But all yeah. your friends are here. You're going to see a lot of familiar faces like Scarlet Witch, Bonkers from the TV show Bonkers. Yeah. Uh, you're <laughs> totally gonna nuts. See, I said Toxic B- Avengers. Toxic Avenger. I think I said Marco Rubio. I'm in it. Yeah, um, big bad wow. And they line up and one by one punch the demon. Yeah. And he stands there and he's like, I'm too tough for this. And the Stanley gets the killing blow. So, yep. Anyway, it's a pretty bad movie. And I don't know why everybody liked it so much because I thought it was trash. It's not a good movie. There's a it's lot tra- of masturbation. Have you heard what we just, the, the, the masturbation, the 20 minutes of banana eating, the 15 minutes of log sawing? It's just not a good, well Bonker, put together film. B- Bonkers just sort of runaway racism. Yeah. Oh, oh huge. Huge. Huge, big racism. I also found it weird um, that they, like, every, it seems like every superhero, like, had a bathroom break in the movie, and, like, the movie would stop, (laughs) where they'd be like, I have to go to the bathroom, and then everybody would just stand around, like, while Drax or, you know, Thor or whoever, like, went to the bathroom, and they'd wait for them to come back. It I also thought it was weird. weird when Drax changed his name to Rax and then tried to sell everybody roast beef sandwiches. Yeah. Here's the one that killed me. This is uh-huh. where yeah, I, please. here's yeah. the one where I had to get up and leave. There is a 37 minute steady cam shot of Peter Stormare scrolling through direct TV listings. There's yeah. nothing on, there's nothing on, there's nothing on, I don't want this. I've seen this episode of Mystery at the Museum before, there's nothing on. And it's like 37 minutes of that. There's no, like sometimes if you look out the window, you can kind of see Green Lantern like flying around. <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. or something, but it's like by and large, there's nothing happening in this scene uh, that moved this narrative I, forward. I did not say yes once during this scene. No. I did not say yes once during the banana scene. I did not say yes. I said yes once during the Stanley jerk off scene. Yes, <laughs> yes, and you know when I said it. <laughs> you when he don't said have it, to Yeah, uh, I remember. My- I will say, uh, all in all, I like the beefy boys hugging. Yeah. Um, I like the Stanley fight scenes. Um, three out of five. Well, it's important that we do a review every time we do one of these segments. We've always done it. Yep. You got to put Justin. a number on it. If you don't put a number on it, it doesn't count. Uh, hey, Super Justin. That's an Avengers joke. Can you read a question? <laughs> My father was recently retelling a story over dinner that I've heard since early childhood. When he was in grade school, he was playing American football. Hey, Thank you don't you. have to do that. 
No, I appreciate it. This is a safe place. Thank you for clarifying. With some friends before being aggressively tackled to the ground by a boy a few years older than he, blacking out instantly and waking up in the hospital. The boy did not apologize. This time, in telling the story, however, my father casually revealed that the tackler was Mark Harmon. My question is this. Do I have a legitimate case against Mark Harmon for tackling my dad? And if so... What should I say slash do upon him seeing him in court or otherwise? Please advise. I need closure now that I'm fully aware of the direct link between NCIS and my primal fear of contact sports. That's from Healing in Hawaii. Now, I mm. is it possible that your dad has told this story a lot of times and has felt like, mm, maybe I don't grab him like I used to. This time, I'm going to lie and say it was Mark Harmon who tackled it. Like oh. your dad just out of the corner of his eye saw an episode of NCIS playing and he said Mark Harmon. And what's going to happen is you're going to go on like a cross-country manhunt for Mark Harmon. You're going to find him and you're going to be like, Mark Harmon, you tackled my dad. And Mark Harmon's going to be like, I never even played football, American Damn. or otherwise. And you're like, what? And Mark Harmon is the perfect pull for that, right? Because if he was trying to impress you and he's like, uh, I got tackled by all of Destiny's Child, then you would know, like, come on, daddy, that's a lie. Mark Harmon, I could see a quiet rage in those eyes. <laughs> I could see, yeah, I could see a tackle monster behind mm. that gentle face. Is it possible while your dad had the football, he was running into the end zone, he says, uh, he said something like, I'm going to do some terrorism in the end zone, mm -hmm. uh, and Mark Harmon's, you know, said, I'm gonna hurt CJ Craig. I'm gonna hurt CJ Craig, and then your Mark Harmon, Uncle Mark, came over and dunked him to the ground for America. Is that a possibility? I think that's exactly what happened. It's also possible that because this would explain a lot that Mark Harmon remembers in clear, like perfect detail, tackling this young man, and he felt so terrible about it that it is what has driven him to excellence today. Oh, or he felt so good about it that it drove him to excellence. It made him feel so powerful and strong. And here's the flip side of this. If your dad had gotten the big tackle down on NCIS's Mark Harmon, your dad would be the NCIS man. Your dad would love yeah. CJ Craig. I don't, I won't take any more jokes about Mark Harmon. The man's a fucking hero. And I'm, I'm not no, gonna- I was not joking at all. Well, I yeah. was. I mean, it's- No, I'm like saying he's a literal hero. I've told this story before on this podcast, I'm fairly certain, and I'm going to tell it again. The year was 1996. A young Colin Sprecht, 16 years old, in a, in a riding shotgun in his friend's car, the friend's joyriding. There was a crash in the Brentwood section of Los Angeles, and the crash, luckily for Colin Sprecht, just happened to be in front of the home of Mark Harmon. Mark Harmon goes to the car and he used a sledgehammer to break the window of the that car. That he just that he just had. He's gonna bring I'm gonna bring this fucking sledgehammer. I'm gonna need it. He tugged me because I was still upside down with the seatbelt in, and he ripped me out of the car, said Sprecht, and he suffered third degree burns and was hospitalized for months. So a little bit faster on the draw next time, Mark. But <laughs> Mark Harmon. Mark Harmon uh, uh, had never spoken about the incident until the this story in, in uh, 2013. Didn't tell anybody about it. God. And here's what he said when actually, 
actually interviewed about it. He said, I won't take credit for it because if the car exploded and I'm there next to the car, then you're talking about two young boys who don't have a father, said Harmon. And you'd be doing this interview with my wife and talking about how stupid it was. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And you know he was sprinting towards the car, his Mjolnir in hand. Yes. And he had the thought, I only have the courage to do this because of the great tackle I did where I dunked that kid to, I dunked that kid to sleep on the gridiron. (laughs) And that, but here's the thing that could yeah. have been your dad. That could have been your dad living in a nice house in Brentwood, ready to be on West Wing. Or, um, is it maybe a penance? Is maybe to to get forgiveness for the yeah. terrible tackle? He has to rescue a hundred people uh-huh. from burning cars, and now he just has 99 <laughs> to go. <laughs> Somewhere, someone must have some kind of like tally marker of how many times we gently or directly reference the black, the lives of Black Jack Savage. The yeah. wildest part about this story: if I saved someone's groceries from a car that had stalled to the side of a country road, it would be all I talked about for the rest of my fucking life. It would be like, oh yeah, and there were popsicles and they were about to melt. And I was like, not on my watch. And I got most of them. Like, I ate ate three of them as a payment. Yeah. It would be, but it'd be all I talked about. Like, it would be in my, in my bio when you come to see me at the off, off Broadway one man show where I tell the story of how I saved someone from a burning car. Beloved, beloved popsicle rescuer Justin McElroy. Anyway, I love Mark Harmon. Here's a Yahoo that was sent in by Level 9000 Yadru Drew Drew Davenport. It's from Yadru Answers user You Wrong, who asks Heroes and villains? Who are the biggest heroes and villains in baseball today? Give oh. your reasons why. Uh, yeah. Well. Damian Dark, the pitcher for the Orioles, everybody seems to hate this guy. He throws his pitch his pitch wildly, and sometimes like somebody will like look at him weird from the stands, and he'll throw a pitch right at him. And yeah. get the person on base. So the team hates him, too, because that's not great. You're not supposed to just throw the ball right. Well, hold on. If you throw the ball right out into the stands and hit somebody who's, like, yelling, like, Damien, you're a dipshit, and you hit him and the popcorn goes up all funny, is that a point for the other team or is it a foul? You know um, how much I want to play in this space with you. Desperately want to play in this space with you. I don't understand enough about modern sport, I think, to play with you here in the space you've well, created. Well, then let me tell you the biggest villain, and I think we can both agree on this, the Philly fanatic. Yeah, yeah. Mostly because of how many he's killed. I remember that one time he was dancing on top of the dugout, and whatever you want to define his gaping maw or proboscis or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. he just leaned down and swallowed a person whole because they were rooting for the other team. Oh, I hate that. You yeah. hate that when that it happens. Was, uh, and he's done it so much. Like uh, twice a game uh, for the last like Like, is that years. true or? Yeah. Yeah. The biggest, fanatic eats people. Biggest Damn. hero, I would say, is probably Stu. Mm-hmm. And this is a guy that sells uh, beer at the at for the Orioles again. It's the only team I'm able to pull for some reason right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. And he just walks through and he's just like, ice cold beer. And he says it in a way that, like, I hear it, and I'm not really enjoying myself because it's 200 fucking degrees and the game's been going on for nine hours. And I hear him say, ice cold, beer," 
And I think like, oh, Stu, you got my fucking number. Slide me. What is that? Oh, a Bud Light? I guess. Do you have the ones in like the metal bottles? You don't? You just have it in like, you know, sloppy, slurpy cups that are going to get all over? Okay. Can I at least get a Bud Light Lime? Because it's summer. Summertime, Stu. Summer be <laughs> Summer be Ice cold light. <laughs> summer be from Stu. Um, what was that? What did you say, Stu? Don't worry about it. <laughs> so biggest villain, another big one, is the Caddyshack Mole. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they work so hard to maintain the greens, and then, you know, uh, Randy Johnson throws a big pitch, and then the mole jumps up and grabs the ball and takes it back underground, and then everybody's game is ruined. Well, Griffin, you've just dropped a name, I think, of one of our greatest heroes for defeating that evil bird, Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson is a great hero. That bird was a pervert. <laughs> a lot of people won't say it, but we will. Well, not a lot the of birds pervert are perverts because bird. they have a bird's eye view, and they'll look down and see some stuff that you're not supposed to see, and then they'll be like... <laughs> and only Randy Johnson can stop them. And only uh, Randy Johnson can do it. One of the big villains for me is the magic boxing gloves Rocky wears that make him uh-huh. keep fighting even if he wants to stop fighting. Oh, okay. so this and is that's not one of the greatest villains baseball in baseball thing. Yeah. <laughs> what okay. Yes, correct. Well, you remember when those magic boxing gloves took a turn at professional baseball? You great. They, I you know, did want to say Griffin did say that the, Griffin did say the Caddyshack uh, mall. So uh, maybe you guys I can all still fuck tie off. it into baseball in some way. I referenced you baseball, didn't even let please. me finish. Oh yeah, please. One of them was a catching glove. Oh okay. And one was a punching glove. So. Uh, Michael Jordan, I don't know which one he is because he's both a little bit villainous in that he's like probably not great at the sport, but everyone's still sort of paying a lot of attention to him there anyway. But a hero because he did know when was the right time to walk away and defeat the Monstars. Griffin, to touch on a little bit of your actual sports expertise, how come in baseball people, there are no heels and like whatever you're called when you're the good guy. Why don't they have more storylines in baseball? Well, they do, but there's this concept in wrestling called kayfabe that's like, now Shinsuke Nakamura, my son, is now a heel. And as much as it hurts me to watch people be angry at him or sad at him for kicking wrestlers in the balls very, very hard, which is his new gag, which is great (laughs) because he's worked so hard his entire life to become a professional wrestler and trained his body and mind and moves. And now he's just sort of doing some Beavis and Butthead stuff out there. Um, It's still fun because, you know, he's probably not that bad a guy. But the bad ones in baseball, they can actually my experience has been they can actually be quite bad, Mm. even even when they're off the on and off the court on and off the grass court. So they can get tricky there. Um, Do you think that the I think the only way to denote uh, the bad guys and the good guys is based on what song they pick for their walkout music when they come up to bat? Mm. You know what I mean? Because if they're if they're playing like some ACDC, they probably see themselves as like the bad boy. You know, they're like, oh, I'm a bad boy of baseball. But if you walk out to like some melon camp, you probably see yourself as like, I'm just a good I'm a good guy just out here trying to play some baseball in America. There's and- only one. There's one metric for me. And it's if, how many balls you throw out to the kids in the stands. Yes. Like, you remember Smiley Tevis? Uh huh. Played for the, I believe, the Baltimore Orioles, and he would throw every ball he got his hands on into the crowd. And so he'd, you know, catch a grounder. He was shortstop, and then he would run from the shortstop place all the way over to the 
um, to the out of bounds area and just throw that live ball right out to a kid. <laughs> I do and he would really that. hum it if memory he serves. He would buzz yeah, at one of those really kids. Yeah. He, he ended up, though, being kind of forcibly retired from baseball, though, because also every time he was up at bat, he would catch the balls the pitcher would throw, and then he would throw them into the stands. Yeah, they the hated The umpires that. didn't know what to do with it, and they were like, I guess that's a foul ball. And he would, like, stand there and, like, foul, like, 11 or 12 50, times yeah. before they'd be like, okay, just walk, just go, just walk up there. Come on, go away. Pitchers would just start hitting him just to get it over with. So Smiley yeah. Tevis got on the plate every single time. Yeah. He's my uh, hero. Okay, that's important. Uh, this morning, I decided to wear shorts to work. It's the first day of May, and they haven't turned the air conditioning on at school I work at. Uh, there was probably an article in there I was missing. Sorry about that. Um, yesterday, I was really hot at the end of the day, and it was like 78 outside. Today, it's going to be 85, hence the shorts. Okay, hey, that's a really good reading that, defensive. by the way. Because that really sounded like you had stopped reading the question and were just telling us about the shorts you wore. No, I'm, I am wearing shorts, and it is probably too cool to be wearing them, but I put them on, so I'm pot committed. So why are all of the other teachers coming up to me and saying, shorts? Nice. As oh. if some, some kind of island spirit or beach nymph. It's going to be hot. I want to wear shorts. Help. Am I losing my mind? That's from Shorts Boy in Chicago. Well, I you mean, can, Alyssa, we all have a lot of fun here on this show, but you can love shorts as much as you want. God knows I'm a fan of those little jeans, as I call them. And it, we're not, it doesn't make it so that that's the standard in a business environment. Like, you can love shorts with all your heart and be as uncomfortable at, like in long pants as you want, but it's not going to change the fact that you're going to get a few raised eyebrows yep, yeah. with a pair of shorts. Wearing shorts to work, in especially in like the environment of like being, you know, working at a school or something like that, is the equivalent of like a futuristic dystopia where one person like rises up to defeat the robot overlords and everybody rallies behind them. Like I can imagine that the principal of your school and like I don't know the school board, whoever's in charge of that kind of thing, was like peeking through blinds at you in your shorts. Like we gotta stop this person. Yeah, we can't so let this person wear shorts anymore. It's it's like calf loose. Um, I think that it could have been a, a compliment of your buns, maybe. Like if they say shorts, nice. Like it could have been like a buns reference to your buns. But your shorts aren't, unless they're like wholly inappropriate for work, they're not really featuring the buns more prominently than long pants. Aren't they, though? I mean, it is sort of an indicate. It does give the hint, the, the faintest wisp of, Here's a little bit closer of a view to what's going on there yeah. in that region. It also, give you a little more to, context to tie it back to baseball. It's it's like shrinking the strike zone of where people are going to look when they're like, "I want to exactly. see what pants they're wearing." Exactly. Right? They don't accidentally land on your calves or your yes. knees. It's like yes. you you are only gonna you, like it's fifty fifty butt and thigh. You know what I mean? And so there's a chance when you look at my pants to see what kind of pants I'm rocking. You're probably going to see my you'll butt. You'll consider the buns, and it's possible. It's consider not the buns. It's not appropriate for a workplace setting, but that's not your problem. Listen, we'd all be wearing shorts all the time unless it's cold all the time. Mm -hmm. And as Justin said, there's a there's a, there's a a time and a season. Like The Bible also said that, so Justin was technically yeah. quoting the Bible. And I was, too, when I mentioned this stuff about the buns. 
when we do live shows, uh, I would love to wear shorts, but I don't classically because mm-hmm. I want people to know that I'm there to conduct my business. I'm there at a business meeting. It's nice to be able to walk off stage and like as soon as you hit the sight line off stage, just change into shorts. Because then yeah. you know like your time's done. This is a thing people don't do anymore that like I hear about uh, uh, like uh, older generations of like coming home and changing completely out of like work clothes and like now it's time for my home clothes. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. problem is I work from home and I don't know when to do that. I and do that's it. You, every that, day at five thirty. I change into shorts. Best, day, best part of my day. Yep. Or like have, it today, where I'm already wearing shorts, I'll change into slightly less dressy shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you the good look that those old folks had down pat. That is tough to pull off these days. Is the shorts with the sock garters. Oh, that yeah. makes you look like you are down for anything, friend. <laughs> yeah. Hard to find. Hard to find sock, sock garters when you go into any sort of clothing store and you say, where's your sock garter section? You get some looks. Yeah, they say, this is Old Navy. Get out of here, pervert. You're looking for very Old Navy. Somebody invent elastic so we can get rid of these darn things. Was that what it was? Yeah, nobody had elastic because the war was on. I think we need them, the, them for our rubber band guns? Um, No, for like tanks and stuff. Like, because there's plastic. You don't have plastic. You can't make elastic, so you can't put elastic into the stockings or the socks or whatever, so you have to have garters to hold them on. You must have slippy socks for the there's boys a, on the front. <laughs> there's a war on. There's a war on. Your socks must be slippy. Timothy, your sock holes are so droopy, dude. Thank you for your service. <laughs> uh, our friends overseas sure do appreciate it. You're going to bring them home with your droopy-ass, weird, old, <laughs> dead socks. <laughs> I have a Yahoo here. This one was sent in by Grin Valesti. Thank you, Grin. It's Yahoo Answers user. I don't know. They're, uh, what, what could it matter it's at anonymous. this point? Yeah, I'm going to call him Bubs. Asks. <laughs> Any ideas for my plant pot experiment? So there are types of plant that are basically very tough and competitive with other plants and like to take over. Ivy, mint, dandelion, raspberry, mare's tail, etc. I had an idea of sourcing some of these and putting them all into one single plant pot and then waiting to see what happens as they all fight for dominance and see what comes out on top. So to make this interesting, what would be the best plants to use for this experiment? I'm looking for competitive plants that will fight each other for dominance. Y'all come on over this Sunday. I got a cooler full of brews. We're going to sit down and watch these plants kick each other's asses. It is going to be so fucking dope. I'm having a plant and an illegal plant fight in the alley behind the Arby's. And we're going to meet there and place our bets. My money's on bamboo. Their various tendrils and vines are going to be whipping hither and yon. This person is assuming the plants will fight and not what will actually happen, which is the plants will team up to defeat you. Mm. Like, think about it. If you're thinking logically what's going to happen when I get a bunch of plants together, the plants are going to dislike each other or they're going to dislike the person who locked them in a pot. I mean, for a while, I think they're going to kick each other's asses and that's going to be the sweet spot before Mm -hmm. they turn on you. Like the raspberry is just wrapping all around the dandelion and trying to strangle it and the ivy's just waiting for its chance and the mare's tail is just really disappointing me because I thought it was going to get nasty in there, but it's just kind of not doing much 
because it's a, just a lazy plant. But then eventually, yeah, Trev, I think it is going to sort of realize, wait a minute, our, our, it'll lead a sort of Spartacus revolution, and you're going to need some sort of spray. Because they're too powerful. Yeah, and maybe you could hold uh, a tasty food for plants over it and just be like, mm-hmm. first one to grow up here and get it. And uh, boy, I would just love to watch these plants just fucking rumble in the jungle. Wouldn't it be fucking rad to put a bunch of plants at the bottom of the aggro crag? And then at the top, you put like, what do plants like? The sun? Sweet, yeah. <laughs> sweet water, I think, like sugary water. <laughs> you put some sugary water up there and just tell them to go hog wild and see what go happens. Go for it, plants. Just go for it. Reach for it. Don't be afraid to take what's yours. There's most forms of making things fight is not good. But even right. ba- even battle bots, I'll watch a battle bots fight sometime and be like, these toasters don't deserve this. They should be doing yeah. other stuff like make drive- no mistake that when the when the robots tried to rally other uh, others of the sentient ones to their cause, the battle bots footage will be the footage that Number they one. show. Like yeah. uh, look what they did. This is what they did. They especially created the us for battle. Especially the shots of when the robots cry. That's the ones that yes. always get me. You know, it's like I don't want to fight him. He's my brother. When they like, cry, they're a fight robots. When they cry, data, data but a plant. Just- Pours out their ears, <laughs> the eyes, and they—they're crying. Data, Griffin. I just want to let you know. Yeah, the yeah. data tears, tears of they, raw kilobytes trying, of data. They're crying megs and megs of data. Um, but I watched an Ivy use, you know, razor leaf on a raspberry plant, and I feel nothing. I feel absolutely nothing except for oh, pure that's enjoyment. So sad, Griffin. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm here for it. I feel nothing. <laughs> Get them. Get them, Dandelion. Do something for me once in your life, Dandelion. Kick that raspberry's ass. I have 50 cold ones on you. Dandelions do all kinds of great shit. You can make wine out of them. You can rub them on your friend's arm and pretend that the flower peed on them. Oh, that's a good one. I love a very good one. Especially then when your friend is like, I like this. (laughs) Huh. 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 Yeah. Okay. I, I say yes about this. Huh. Hey, take us to Mind Zone, please. Let's go. This week, we're sponsored by Casper. Oh, my God. I just had the impulse to make a friendly ghost reference. And, like, Casper. We would be the first ones to do that. So that would be fun. I'm disappointed in myself. I don't know how I'm gonna sleep tonight, but the answer is, well, because I sleep on a Casper mattress. Casper has revolutionized its line of products to create an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience one night at a time. They offer affordable prices because Casper cuts out the middleman and sells directly to the consumer. Now, don't get me wrong, I feel bad for the middleman in this economy to be cut out like that, but also that middleman, the specific one that Casper cuts out, is a jerk. Davis. His name is Davis. Davis, wow. yeah, and he's a jerk. So you don't have to feel bad about Davis not getting to dip his snoot in the old uh, mattress till. And I love Casper mattresses. I sleep on one every night. Every time we go on a tour, I come home, and I sleep so much better. And I remember like, oh, yeah, this is what sleep is. Because they combine multiple supportive memory phones for a quality sleep service with the right amounts of both sync and bounce. You can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. And you can get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash my brother 
and using the promo code MYBROTHER, all one word, at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. I sleep extra good at my Casper just knowing that I'm making Davis go hungry. Yeah, take that, Davis, you jerko. I'm going to tell you about Stamps.com. No, Stamps. I want to tell him about Stamps.com. No, I want to tell him about Stamps.com. You just did one. Okay. Should we all just talk about Stamps.com at the same time? Yes. yes. So, okay. Griffin, go. It'll be the first time we've ever talked over each other. Stamps.com's great. They'll give you the stamps whenever you need them, and you print them out right there, and you don't have to worry about going to the post office to mail your letters and packages, because you can get postage on demand, and you even weigh the shit. And you put the stamps right on the package after, you know, wrapping it up in package stuff and you ship it right on the fuck off and you don't even have to sweat it, dude. You get all the amazing services of post office right at your desk 24 seven. You can buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package using your own computer and printer. It's very convenient. It's, you know, come as you are. They open door policy at stamps.com. Everything's on demand. So right now, use my brother for this special offer. And by my brother, I mean Justin. Just get him up. Oh, stamps.com? Yeah, I know a guy. Hold on. Let me get you $50 free postage. Yeah, what he does is he holds out a calculator and you punch in some numbers and the stamp comes right out of his fucking mouth. <laughs> He's got a Game Boy printer he swallowed all the way back in 2002 and that thing does its job. Great flags of the world. That's the theme. That's the only yeah, theme I can Yeah, that's the print. theme this month. You got to punch him in the stomach real hard if you want to change it to Harry Potter stamps. <laughs> but no, you use the promo code MYBROTHER for this special offer. It includes up to $55 free postage, a digital scale, and a four-week trial. Don't wait. Go to stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in MYBROTHER, all one word. That's stamps.com. Enter MYBROTHER. I like stamps. Okay. I, I uh, want to tell you all about 8-Bit Geek, a podcast that shares its insignificant views on gaming and film stop in as we share some laughs and we read misconnections from craigslist and more and you can find that at eight big geek on spotify itunes and google play visit uh the eight that's the numeral bitgeek.com and uh you can get more info and listen to this uh this podcast is the misconnections from geek stuff, so like Luigi to Princess Fiona from Sh- Shrek, just like like your style. I know that you're married, but do you You're like, into green dudes. I'm a you, green dude. I'm a green dude. Do you and your husband like to have fun? Uh, I will say, though, if you click through this website, you're going to see some beards. There yeah. will be beards. Yeah, um, morning. And they are increasingly impressive. There's Jeremy, Doug, and Kevin. Jeremy has a respectable beard. Doug's got a massive beard and mustache. Kevin has shaved the mustache, so you can't fucking think about anything other than Kevin's amazing beard. Yeah, uh, I have a Jumbotron here. This one's for Mel Haliwa, and it's from Dave, who says, Hey, sweetie pie, I'm writing this Jumbotron at 4 a.m. the day before your birthday and two days before our wedding day. It will hopefully run on our planned wedding day. I'm so glad. Wait. Oh, wow. What? Came in under the wire on this one. I'm so glad we uh, snuck in a bonus six months of wedded bliss. Thank you for marathoning the first 200 Mabimbams with me. Mistake! And for getting Papa McElroy to retweet pictures of our dog, XOXO. 
I wanted that on May 12th, uh, which I guess is the the planned wedding day. And uh, I'm I'm I I think we came in pretty close to that. Not exactly on it, but whatever. I'd rather do it before because our next episode is the 14th. We would have missed it. What a plum missed it. True point, Travis. And a little weird that you're marrying a pie, Dave. That's a joke because he said sweetie pie. But oh, okay. I've eaten, yeah, I eat a pie so good that I would marry it. Yes. Um. This uh, final Jimbatron, it's for uh, Catherine. It's from Kai. And it says, happy birthday and or general existence to my longest best friend. Now, now hold I on. assume there that you mean someone who's been your best friend the longest and not like a 10 foot tall best friend. Well, it says longest, so they could be, you know, five foot four tall, but 10 feet deep. <laughs> what a deep friend I have. Oh. A very deep, deep friend. Thanks for putting up with me when I don't text back, playing D&D with me, introducing me to German musicals, and keeping me up to date on content from these good, good boys. I hope you know how proud I am of you for everything you do. Never forget, you're a fucking badass. Hey, folks, don't rely on your friend Catherine to tell you what's going on with us. We got lots of social media. (laughs) You don't have to wait for Catherine to tell you. But Catherine, if you do want to handle telling everybody what's going on, we appreciate the effort. If that's a service you offer, Catherine, we can push more people your way. Yeah, if you want to sort of take up that mantle of keeping people informed. So everybody just go on Twitter, search Catherine, and follow the first person that comes up. That's probably Catherine. And you're going to get all the great news from us. And then be sure to ask that Catherine constantly, like, so what's up with the macros? No, 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 no. The Dead Pilot Society podcast brings you hilarious comedy pilots that were never made, featuring actors like Aubrey Plaza, Andy Richter, Paul F. Tompkins, John Hodgman, Adam Scott, Molly Shannon, Busy Phillips, Tom Lennon, Anna Camp, Laurie Metcalf, Felicia Day, Michael Ian Black, Adam Savage, Paul Shear, Ben Schwartz, Skylar Aston, Mae Whitman, Josh Molina, Ben Feldman, Nicole Byer, Jason Ritter, Sarah Chalk, Steve Agee, Jane Levy, Allison Tolman, Danielle Nicolette, Casey Wilson, Anna Ortiz, Lorraine Newman, June Diane Raphael, Kieran Chipka, Ed Week, Zach Knight, and Carrie Kenny Silver, John Ross Bowie, Jamie Denbo, Janet Varney, and many more. Listen at MaximumFun.org, iTunes, or wherever you download podcasts. How about a Yahoo? Yes, 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 yes. This uh, this one was sent in by Grin Valesti also. Thank you, Grin. Uh, it's from an anonymous Yahoo Answers user, but I'm going to say uh, Davis sent this one in. So sad, so hungry. Davis asks, what would it be like if Deadpool took over the Cracker Barrel franchise? Oh, Fuck, this is oh, good. I'm you about know to, we'd be in there with his like twisted views. Let me finish, and then we'll get into the twisted views. But I'm about to work there. I just wonder how hilarious it would be if he were running things. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So he'd be like, "Hey, this is Deadpool. Come on down for a, cu- a good country breakfast: eggs, toast, and my balls." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but he also probably wouldn't have fired that one woman for no reason that the internet went wild about. Like, Deadpool wouldn't have done that, but he would have made people look at his butt while he brought them biscuits. Oh, yeah. You'd be doing the peg puzzle thing to find out how smart you are in the little wooden triangle, and you'd be getting close to finishing it, and you went to put the last peg in, but it was his butt. Yeah, but he wouldn't. He wouldn't have fired that woman for no reason. Yeah, that was bad. Then you you get some like old timey candy, but then what's that? He's eating it, and then also his butt's there. Yeah, and you think he's behind the counter? Like he just helped you be your waiter, and then when you go up to the counter to buy those jawbreakers our dad likes, it's him 
but he's got a fake mustache on. Oh, and he's talking yeah. kind of like an old timey voice, like, I'll help you, kid. Yeah, a guy comes up to him. He's sitting one of his rocking chairs out in front of the cracker barrel, and he's like, hey, rocking chair, why don't you get back to work? And then Deadpool's like, my balls. And he pulls out two big guns and just wastes him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and then um, there's <laughs> some problems with overages, with uh, uh, too much uh, being spent on labor Yeah. Um, for like some of the down periods for Cracker mm-hmm. Barrel. And he finds a way of just sort of shoring that up. There's equitable yeah, and yeah, for and all the employees and also for the overhead. Yeah. It's just better. <laughs> and then, he, <laughs> and then he at post- the end of, okay, you guys tell me what I was going to finish my 15 minute long ramble with because I had a great. Nah, dude, stick the landing. It's you. No, baby. come on. You got it, Justin. He farts. Okay. That's what happens at the end of mine is he farts. In context, it would have been a real very gut, good. I was trying to get to like, yes, he farts and his butt and his balls and stuff. But also, he turns out to be really good at running the Cracker Bells franchise. That's just the inverse of mine, though. You just yeah. put the balls and the farts at the beginning. Oh, what if they ran out of syrup and he's like, ha, huh, I know how to get some more syrup. And he finds a new syrup supplier. Yeah. And then and, he stabs and, and, him with and his somebody's katanas. like, I'm worried about my health care. And he's like, I got your health care right here. And he hands him like a packet with all the information about the new health care plan. And TJ Miller shows up and everyone's like, get the fuck out of here. No, you get the you get the fuck out of no here. Thank you. Recently, I attended my good friend and fellow friend of the show's housewarming. I hadn't been there for very long before another friend asked me if I had seen the terrible thing he did in the bathroom. Oh, Jesus. Nervously. Now, I want to clarify here because the, I think the, art, the pronoun is difficult. The he refers to the good friend and not the other friend okay. asking about it. Nervously, I followed up to find out that our f- friend had installed a padded toilet seat in his bathroom. The bathroom separate from his bedroom that also served as the guest bathroom for the house. We tried to tell him that it was unacceptable, but he wouldn't hear it. Tell me, brothers, in today's enlightened times, is it acceptable to have a cheap padded toilet seat in the one bathroom every guest in your house will use, or am I in the wrong for not loving it? We decided to let you be the judges. I don't understand the problem. What's the problem? You well, Justin, don't understand the problem, what's Justin? The, what's the Justin, problem? Justin, let me tell you the problem. Tell the, me the problem, problem is, and this is a man coming from a man who owns a bidet and loves it, but in an ideal scenario... Toilet seats would be a one-use, single-use item and then replaced. You tear it off the toilet and throw it out the window. Right. A padded toilet seat is the polar opposite of a single-use toilet seat because when you sit on it and get up, it will suck back in particles as it reinflates from your weight being on it and getting off. And so not only is it being used, it is saving. It is like downloading every time it is used until eventually it's just full of butt particles. Data, yeah. Um, Full of butt data. Yeah, it's not good. Every part of it, when you sit down and you expect a firm friend down there to help you do your thing, and instead you get like a, nope. And the butt particles, Justin, how are you not incensed? I need, Neil deGrasse Tyson sounded off about the when you nut, it push you backwards. Um, Yeah. He actually did this back in 2011, so thought crime. 
I need him to let me know about the butt particles because I think that's going to be the final word on this one. I guess I see what you're saying. How are you not upset about this? I mean, you're breathing dookie 24 hours a day. Like, open your mouth and you're breathing dookie. You should do a medical history podcast. Everything is dookie. (laughs) For real. Like, it's all dookie. The fact that you can be incensed by this is a level of naivete that makes you want to craft a backpack for you out of forest leaves and put you in it and carry around. And you'll be like my little partner who who I teach about the world and I raised from a sat from a whelp. Can we all start carrying our own seats? Yes. With yes. us. That ha- and we could start putting like powerful magnets on all the toilets that will snap onto the seat and also destroy your cell phone. But Ooh. it's a small price to pay. Here's okay, this is great because because we're always looking for new business opportunities. That's why we started this show, obviously. We can start like personalizing them and like, oh, what skin do you have on your toilet seat? And like branding them. And it's like, oh, it's the no Pokemon toilet seat shaped like Snorlax's face. Oh, when you said skin, I thought you meant the skin of other people who had used it. And that could be cool too, because it's like, I got Mark Harmon to use mine once. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Y'all ever used one of those toilets? The seat has like a layer of plastic on it. You can press a button and the plastic kind of rotates to give you a fresh toilet seat every time. I remember they had one. They have one in the West Virginia, like, Congress building. Um, and I always was scared of that because I was afraid it would activate while I was sitting on it and it would twist my butt all up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I, I, no, I hear you, man. I hear yeah. you. What if you could make a toilet seat look like Guy Fieri's mouth? And that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> I don't, And I don't just mean this episode. I mean, like, there's not going to be a way to come back from that organically. Like, I can't go back to talking about, like, I had a weird dream. Like, I can't talk about that. I can't talk about Deadpool. I really, it's hard to really think about even thinking of anything ever again. Even when I'm not doing the podcast, like, my brain won't be able to generate <laughs> other thoughts. Like, I'll be looking at my son's face, and it's, he, like, <laughs> says his first word. And he says, like, Daddy, Daddy, I love you. And I'll be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I'll be driving, and there'll be traffic, but I won't see the traffic, and I'll plow right into it because of what happened just now. So, like, the show's show's over, life's over, happiness is done. (laughs) Griffith's Um, canceled. I'm canceled. Uh, I had plans. I was maybe going to try and go see A Quiet Place today. I have, like, kind of a day off, but I don't think... I mean, it's going to be so fresh now that the thought of me even enjoying a movie for the next, like, two months, let alone, like, two hours is, is... of a dream a dream i had once so there's i guess two parts of my life now two halves and i thought that it would be closer to 50 when i would sort of divide my life up like that but really it was right here at 31 um before i knew this and after okay that seems pretty authoritative here's one more question i don't know like you heard what i just said right like you you can give me another question but i'm gonna be here in my own sort of that's uh, fine i want to see what the new griffin is like because you still gotta make a living Sure. Phone calls tend to give me terrible anxiety, and at work, this manifests in a very particular way. When spelling out a word, I find it very difficult to do the traditional letter, as in a word thing, like F as in Frank. I panic and cannot think of any words that start with the letter, which just makes me more anxious, and as it folds in on itself like an Ouroboros of sweaty palms, I generally try to get out of having to do it by just saying the letter on its own and enunciating really hard, but sometimes that doesn't do the trick. I know there's a military phonetic alphabet, but in my panicky state, I tend to forget that too. Please help. What's the way around this terrible problem? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's a toughie. 
what if you just start saying like F as in F, G you know, as in G, you know, like the letter G? F as in the one after E and before G, if that helps. You know, the one that's like in the alphabet, maybe just start saying the number and you're like D as in the fourth letter. Whew, yeah. Could you learn Morse code? Uh-huh. Could every everyone would have to, huh? <laughs> sure. Griffin, you okay? I let me try to alar split my mind into two halves, and uh, half of it will always be thinking about the thing Justin said, but the <laughs> other half is gonna be trying to make comedy, but it's just gonna be fifty percent of a brain. But have you ever heard people try to use the military phonetic alphabet? but they're not military, and they say things like, Quebec, Foxtrot, Bravo, Bravo, Juliet, November, Oscar. And it's like, dude, you need to fucking chill out there, Jason Bourne. <laughs> Yankee, Zulu, X-Ray, Bravo. You need to calm the fuck down there. taking so much more time to do it, and some of them don't even sound like other letters. Like, you don't even need to worry about it. I think I've got Q down. I think if you say W, I probably know what you mean. Yeah. F, F is in Frank. Who's ever heard F? I mean, I guess it kind of sounds, sounds like, like S. S. I guess. Kind of like X, too, if you think about it. If your Oh my God, bad. you're right. All right, let's do this then. New alphabet. Fuck the old alphabet. A. A can, A sounds like J, so A's got to change. Now it's And why called- is it, wait, why is it got to be in that order? Because the order is completely. Uh, without like A does not naturally come before B. Someone sure. made that decision. We just need twenty six sounds that don't sound like anything else. So we can yes. be like squee and crumb and, and Doug and Doug and bug. Ah shit! Fuck. See, okay. Can, there's only so many sounds. No, nah, I can make twenty six sounds right now. I'm right. even with, oh, half, well, even with half my brain. I'll count. Okay. This would be a great finale. I'll count. Okay. Well, I'll use some letters because it's going to be hard work, but it can be like A, B, K. Okay. okay. D. Wow. They, it starts off with a lot of rhymes. Yeah, B, C, a lot B, C, of rhymes. D, E, all rhymes. So A, B, Kronk, Doug, oh, F, <laughs> Gumpy. <laughs> no, you can't have two it syllables. It can't be two syllables. No, we yeah, do have double W. Okay, yeah, you're right. My Dumpy. Okay, huff, Dumpy. Huff, huff my duff. <laughs> is that the way? Is that for H? Huff my yeah. duff. Start, huff my duff over. is H. Start from the beginning. <laughs> okay. Well, what a, I a B Kronk Doug E. <laughs> Gumpy. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I is good. J is good. J's not good. J runs. J sounds a. like A. Oh, you're right. <laughs> you gotta be able to whistle. Do this alphabet. Okay. Start over. God. A, B, Kronk, Doug. Gumpy. Hey. I love you, Dad. Is I. I love you, Dad. You're right. It's too hard. It's too much. It's too you much work. So no, you're you doing nine, great. You went ten letters in. All right, uh, Jesus. We'll just give him that letter. <laughs> people seem to be a big fan. Kronk two, and you would say it and let people know it's the second one for the K. Sequel. L is good. M is good, but then N has to be like evil M. Oh, daddy. So you reference your dad in two of the letters of the alphabet, and he's really going to appreciate that. <laughs> the military word for P is Papa, so let's just continue the theme there. Quebec, I like. 
Arr, fun pirate joke. People like that. Very good. And then we can do like T, just be like, you clap. So that's uh-huh. going to make spelling bees sort of like a, a you know, stomp musical. A U and W, I think, can stay. This is stop being funny. But okay, now start, here's start the problem. Getting, repeat it one more time, Griffin. No, there's only four more letters. And so I feel like I should finish, but I'm conflicted because of just how it's long ago it stopped being entertaining at all for anybody. Go ahead and finish it, though. Vape. <clears throat> w. <laughs> cross. Okay. okay, that's good. It's easy to remember. Yep. Said like the guy on Storage Wars for Thank why. Thank you. Yes, good. Yes. And then Z is, well, you're just going to remove that one. Oh, Ooh. so we won't have that letter anymore. Excellent. Yeah, 25 letters. 25 feels a lot better to me. Yeah, me yeah. too. Folks, that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much for listening uh, to our show. We always do our best. There it is. We do our best. Uh, thank you to everybody who came out to our shows in the Midwest uh, this past weekend. It was You were all very pleasant. Um, and you're, you have beautiful cities that we wish we had had more time to explore. But Next week, life. you are going to hear our show from Columbus, where we experimented with a new audience questions format that I think went very, very well. And we got a lot yeah. of very nice feedback on. So we're probably going to do that from now on. And you will hear that uh, next Monday when you hear the Columbus episode. Um, um, also, speaking of our live shows, we have some coming up. Phoenix, uh, Orlando, and Atlanta NBNBAM shows. There's still tickets available. The San Francisco shows. And the Atlanta uh, Taz show is sold out, but you can get tickets to the MBNBAM shows um, at McElroyShows.com slash tour, um, tours. And you can also get tickets there for the book tour we are doing for the graphic novel we are doing of the first Adventure Zone uh, story, Here There Be Gerblins from the Balance Arc. Um, you can also pre-order that at theadventurezonecomic.com. Um, and you can also pre-order the Sawbones book on Amazon right now. Bit.ly forward slash Sawbones book. I wrote it with my wife and Taylor Sproul did the illustrations and it's a great book. It's going to be a we, good, it's going to be a good book as far as We also go. just real quick, I don't know if we announced this on NBNBM yet, but we're doing, so there's a company called the Mysterious Package Company. It's an oh, amazing yeah. kind of deal where you sign up and they send you like stories as packages, so you get letters and items in the packages that kind of uh, tell a story as it all unfolds. And we are partnering with them to do a Tacos School of Wizardry um, story with them, and we're really, really excited about it, and you can pre-order that now. Um, do we have a bit.ly for that? Yes, bit.ly forward slash taco school. That's T-A-A-K-O, uh, and you can- If you uh, didn't know that, you're not gonna pre-order this. Yeah, that's a fair, as fair, as fair, yeah. But uh, it's $64.99, uh, for, and it's like, which is like a little pricier than we normally like to do things, but when you're making stuff and then putting it in the mail and sending it places, like, I don't know, you get to it a certain too, point where it's, it's it as low as we two, could make it, I promise. It covers two big old packages full of, full of fun stuff. Fun. And um, it's great because it's a great thing if you want to get it for yourself, and it also makes a great present, you know? Sure. Uh, so yeah. check that out. Especially if you can um, give it to somebody who doesn't have any idea it's happening. What a wild uh, gift that would be. So Yeah. Thank you to John Roderick and the Long Winters for the use of our theme song, It's a Departure, off the album Putting the Days to Bed. It's a very good album that I cannot speak highly of enough. I can't speak enough highly. 
I can't speak high enough of it. And thank you to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the great shows there. Shows like Stop Podcasting Yourself and the Beef and Dairy Network and Story Break and all kinds of shows on Maximum Fun. And if you want to see or hear other stuff we do, you can go to McElroyShows.com. Is that it? That's it. Final Yahoo. This one was sent in by Adrian Cowles. Thank you, Adrian. It's Yahoo Answers user. Question mark. Who asks? What? Do Canadians download? <laughs> my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Travis McElroy. I'm Griffin McElroy. This has been my brother, my brother, me. Kiss your dad. Square on the lips. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And together we host a podcast called Still Buffering, where we answer questions like Why should I not fall asleep first at a slumber party? How do I be fleet? Is it okay to break up with someone using emojis? And sometimes we talk about birds. No, we don't. Nope. <laughs> Find out the answers to these important questions and many more on Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am a teenager. And, and I was two. Butts, 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 butts. No. <laughs> you change your mind?